Have you ever had a dream where you wake up and the dream was so vivid, what happened, what you experienced was so vivid. The other day I had one of these dreams where when I woke up, I was just silent for a moment of just like, man, that that felt so real. Within my dream, as far as the eye can see, there was people. There was hundreds and thousands upon thousands of people that were all just gathered here on this beach. I look to the sky that was right in front of me, and to the right, I saw one of the most beautiful, I don't know if it was a sunset, sunrise, but the sun was so bright. It was just like this beautiful orange And it was just like this most beautiful display of just beauty that I've ever seen. And it was just there in the sky. And I remember reaching into my pocket to take a picture. But by the time that I went to go take a picture, it was like all of the beauty in the sky was kind of getting like swallowed up. And before I knew it, it it kind of formed into this little circle. And you can kind of still see what was, but it was no longer there anymore. It just got swallowed. And in replacement of the beauty that I was once seeing right there in the sky was just like this sky full of fire. And it was almost like, I remember even looking at it in the dream and comparing it to like a meteor or something. It was just like this fire in the sky. And I was just kind of taken back at first. And I was just like, what is this? This is crazy. And before I know it, everybody around me stops talking And they're all just gazing at the sky full of fire. And I don't know how long it took, but eventually the amazement of the sky of fire turned into terror. And before you know it, we're all trying to get off of this beach. And in my dream, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was happening. I don't know why it turned from something so beautiful, so glorious to something so just destructive and and terror-ridden. I don't know why there was just this quick just change of scenery within my dream, but I remember just waking up and just feeling just this overwhelming just awe of, my God, how quickly things can change. In one moment, we can be in the most beautiful season of life, the beautiful moment of life, and from one phone call, from one news report, from one just instance within our life of brokenness, it just finds us and it overwhelms us so quickly. And no matter what emotions we were feeling before, terror and pain and chaos will just replace so quickly those feelings of beauty, of joy, of awe and wilderment. As I woke up, I was spending some time journaling some of the things that were on my heart and mind. I wrote this down. I had a dream last night that the most beautiful sky was swallowed by fire. One day, all that is beautiful here will fade. Set my sights on you and your kingdom. Amen. What I felt led to talk about today is what do we do in the moments when we feel the hope, the security, the beauty, the purpose of this life fade? Those moments when things that we go through or even our own mental health, it just fades from one thing to another. It's just these quick scene changes of life. Maybe today you're watching or listening this and you've been through some changes recently that it just almost just like as quickly as it came, it it, it just is here. And we're just saying, God, help us in the midst of this transition of life. Help us in the midst of this this moment where our heart and mind is trying to reconcile beauty in the midst of pain. 
good in the midst of evil. Lord, you know, where are you in the midst of these two different economies of life that so often, sometimes even moment by moment, we experience so quickly, so fastly, and one scene fades to another before we even can even comprehend what is going on. And I'll be honored as we jump into today's podcast to pray as we head in, as we transition into what does the Word of God say about the different seasons of life and the moments when life is just fading from one day to another. So here, let's pray, and then we'll jump into this podcast today. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity to be here today. Lord, we have no idea why things happen the way that they do, the reasons why things happen as quickly as they do at times, and we feel like we can't even catch our breath or even catch our mind up to what is going on. But Lord, at the end of the day, Lord, we know that you are here. So Jesus, as we bring this time to you, speak to our hearts, God. Please open up our hearts to you. Help us be fully alive, fully present today, no matter what chaos is in our hearts, around our hearts, in our minds, or around our minds today. We need you, we look to you, and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. There's so much that can be said about the current events that are going on right now in Afghanistan. And my heart is not just to recap or give a commentary on what's going on. But what I did want to share is a a clip that I I saw recently, and it's been making its rounds across the whole world. If you're watching this video, I'll I'll play the clip right now. There's a video of a a jet taking off. I, I think it's safe to assume that the reason why they're clinging and walking alongside this jet is because there's a hope that this jet can deliver them from the different pain and threats that are around them at that time. And you see towards the end of this video, you see how this this person is, is clinging to this jet as this jet is starting to ascend off the ground. And throughout the week, I I saw that, and I was just like, I remember when I first saw that clip, I just was like, no, 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 clinging to a jet that's taking off. You can have the most secure grip upon this jet, but as, as it starts to reach a certain altitude going at a certain speed, you can't hold on, nor can you breathe, and it's inevitable that you will fall off this jet. And sure and behold, I, I saw this little black dot just falling off of this jet that's high in the sky. And what that black dot was, was a soul, was a person. And I I just saw this and it just broke my heart. In the moments of desperation, we will cling to anything that promises or gives us somewhat of a hope to deliver us from the pain, from the difficulties, from the trials, from the chaos that we are going through. The person clinging to this jet is no different than you or me in a life or death situation when we are so desperate that we'll cling to anything in hopes to deliver us. Each and every one of us, we are just clinging to so many things that promise to help us make it through the day, to make it through a moment, to make it through a season, to make it through pain or chaos or difficulty, to make it through moments when we feel like our life is in jeopardy, our security is in jeopardy, our our comfort, whatever it is, we cling to anything that, that promises to help us make it through. 
This whole idea of clinging to whatever we can whenever we feel like hope is fading. It reminded me of this verse in Hebrews chapter 12. And this is what the NLT says. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. He says this, So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. In the context of this verse, the author is saying that when we are going through trials of difficulty, those moments when we are growing in character, when we are are stripped away from comfort or security, and we are going through discipline processes of making us more like Christ— May instead of us running away from those difficulties or those pains that can grow our character, that can grow us in likeness of Christ, the author is saying, instead of gripping to a lack of discipline, instead of gripping just the temporariness of everything that offers to give hope or deliverance or peace or security or whatever it is that we are wanting to cling in order to escape from, Instead of gripping to all of these things that that give you this false illusion of security, what will drop you and lead to death, instead, have a new grip, no matter how tired you are, no matter how exhausted you are, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. The author is not saying to grip onto our own self-will or our own self-discipline or our own ability. The author is saying grip onto Christ. And in a chapter right after Hebrews chapter 12, the author says this in Hebrews 13 verse 8. He says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 9, so do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace. In the moment of panic, in the moments of hurt or pain or chaos, in the moments when we just don't know what's going on, may we cling to a rock that is stronger than ourselves, and that is Jesus. No matter if you're in Afghanistan or you're in the United States or you're abroad, no matter where you're at, whether you are married or not married, whether you have children or not children, whether you are suicidal or depressed or just right now you're going through the joy of your life, what do we cling to? We have to cling to something stronger than anything this world can offer because as quickly as those things can come and offer and promise security and safety and hope, they can fade just as quickly as well. Anything here on this planet will fail and fade away, but Jesus will not. My attention goes to John chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. As Jesus exclaims, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not live in darkness, will not live in darkness. As Jesus proclaims this truth that I am what you are looking for. I am what your soul longs to cling to. Come to me and I will lead you through this brokenness. As Jesus says that, the people around him start to argue with him and say, upon what authority are you saying this? As you read down in John chapter eight, you can just read as people are just saying that, who are you? Are you greater than Abraham? Are you greater than our fathers, fathers, fathers? Are you greater than the prophets? And and upon what authority? 
authority do you say this? But in verse 43, Jesus responds with something that stood out to me as I, I was reading this recently. And I like how the NIV puts it. This is what John chapter eight, verse 43, Jesus replies. He says this, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Why is my language not clear to you? Each and every day, we have a God that is speaking to us as our life, as our hope, as all of the things that we cling to of this temporary life fades and fails us. We have a God that is speaking through his son, through his word, through creation, speaking to us, trying to make it clear that I am the rock that you can cling to. Cling to me, cling to me, come to me. I am the light that will lead you through this brokenness. When you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, come to me, come to Jesus, come. Let me lead you through. And Jesus replies, he says, why is my language not clear to you? It's not because I'm not speaking, it's because you're unable to hear what I say. The Bible says in Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, it says that our hearts are deceitful above all else. Who, who can find an answer to this brokenness, this, this deceitfulness within our hearts? That so often we are deceived by the lies and, and just the tactics of an enemy, eternal enemy, that wants to still kill and destroy, as Jesus says, Satan wants to do in John chapter 10, verse 10. Just like that jet that we talked about at the very beginning that was taking off and that person clinging desperately to that jet to deliver him from the pain down below. Just like that person holding on to that jet because it offered and promised something. Eventually he let go because he couldn't hold on that jet. That jet wasn't meant to be held onto from the outside. The jet was meant to be inside, to be inside in order to be taken away from refuge. And we cling to so many different things. Sometimes we even cling to the concept of Jesus, but not cling to Jesus himself. And when we do that, we will fail. We will fail and we will be let down. But if we cling to the person of Jesus, we will never be let down because he is the rock that is stronger, that is higher than anything else that this world can produce. It may give you a little bit of a hope of identity, of purpose, of satisfaction, but it will let us down each and every time. It will fade away quicker than that offer, that that promise came. This world is fading. Our bodies are fading. And today is the day that we can cling more than ever before to our creator, savior, and sustainer. Beautiful sunsets, beautiful sunrises will give inspiration, but that inspiration won't carry me when I'm broken, when I'm defeated, when the different circumstances in my life came in so quickly, still killed and destroyed what was there, and I'm standing in the rubble. Any bit of inspiration or hope that this world can bring will not hold me in the deepest, darkest times. In the moments when, when I'm, I'm, I'm begging for that inspiration, I'm begging for that hope, and what was once beautiful has turned into a sky full of just fire and brokenness, death, and decay. I'm reminded of Psalms chapter 61, verse 2. And this is what the psalmist says. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I to a rock, to some place of refuge, some stronghold where I may be safe. Lord, you are the rock that is higher than I. When we cling to you, 
no matter what has faded around us or within us, can be restored. You are the light that will lead me through this darkness, even when life isn't making sense. In our desperation, we will cling to anything, anything that promises to deliver us, even if it's a false hope. But Jesus, you sustain, you are higher, you are greater than any, 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 any other thing that I can cling to. Even when my hands are tired, even when I'm weak, I can cling to you. I, I heard this podcast recently, and this is a Middle Eastern pastor that was just speaking about what's going on in Afghanistan. And it was on Jenny Allen's podcast, Made for This. And it was the most recent episode as of recording this podcast. And I want to play a little clip from this podcast. And I'm going to also link this podcast to the description. And this Middle Eastern pastor, he says something so important about in the midst of pain, of trials, of what he's seeing with within the Afghan people, within those that have clung to Jesus. I want to play this excerpt. This is what he says. So I I want to go back to Pastor X, and I want you to share, because everybody's just leaning forward right now. I can picture everybody that is watching, and they're just leaning forward and going, this is is so different than my context. I want you to give a picture of, of a believer there in Afghanistan and and just their commitment to Christ and what that looks like, because they haven't had the discipleship that we've had, even though it has happened, praise God, because you all have been a part of, of helping that happen. Um, they still don't, you know, they're not sitting there with years and years and years of following Christ behind them, but they are, they are completely in to the point of risking their lives for Jesus. Talk about just that mentality and, and what it looks like to choose Jesus in that context. Well, you know, one of the things we have to redefine is what does it mean to be mature in Christ? Is it years or is it obedience? So I actually chose obedience and not years because there are many people who have years in Christ and they're not obedient. So the biggest difference right now is that what's happening in Afghanistan and the rest of the Middle East is that they've learned to obey Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, you obey me and you cannot pick the the gospel and the Bible as a buffet. They obey all the commandments of Christ. They obey the whole Bible and nothing but the Bible. And so these believers, they might be one year or two year, but they're very mature because from the moment they've met this God, they've been obeying this God and trusting this God, actually tangibly feeling God, seeing him in our lives, becoming personal because we're listening to him. And after all these months, even a year, they're completely sold out and they know the Bible is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Before we were recording, we were praying together and, and you are praying big prayers that many people would be saved because of the persecution that is befalling Afghanistan believers right now. And I would say that persecution has always grown the church. I mean, you can see that throughout church history. And so talk a little bit about your prayers and your hope, Pastor X, as, as you're watching something so difficult happen to people that you love. Well, you know one thing, I I live in a country that has persecution, but not to the level of Afghanistan, but still very high. And one of the things I've learned is that persecution keeps you clinging. It keeps you focused. So when there's persecution that happens, it's like the perfect storm. There's economic unrest, there's political unrest, there's social unrest, and that's the perfect storm for the gospel. 
but these countries are on persecution, the gospel just flourishes because we come to Jesus when we're broken. You know, I say something that might be a little bit heavy, but I'd rather people go to hell on earth and go to heaven than have heaven on earth but go to hell. And so when I see this happening in Afghanistan, I know that Jesus is going to move the gospel forward because this is a Matthew eleven twelve moment. This is the place and time when God is going to pour out his grace, pour out his spirit in Afghanistan. He's sitting on the throne. He's not surprised by this. He wasn't shocked. But he's going to use this for his glory, and he's going to come in dreams and visions like he's done in other countries. And many of the Afghans are going to get saved right now. I, I think about the incredible um, work that God has already done through the church in the Middle East. And I think all of us, just as as we are getting our head around it, what's been happening, which you all have been a part of and known for, for many years, we're just starting to get educated on how much has been happening through you because of God. So help help me know um, what it looks like in this next season for us to really partner with you, because now we know and and we aren't naive anymore. And so I want you, Pastor X, to talk about that first, just in prayer. What does it look like for us to support these these other believers, brothers and sisters that are on the ground right now in prayer? So our prayer requests are to pray for those fleeing to the hills to be protected which would be like Psalm 73 and Psalm 91. Pray for the miraculous protection for women and children being forcibly taken and those who have already been taken for their protection, salvation, and deliverance. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1-5, that the Afghan church steps into her identity in Christ and walks in unity of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 37 and Romans 15, 5-6. This is an Esther moment right now. You know, Esther had a moment to save the Jews by going into the king's chambers. Well, we have a moment that God wants to use to save the Afghan people. And we need your prayers because everything happens through prayer. If you're not praying, the kingdom of God will not go forward. A local pastor from this Michigan area, Jeremy Lazel, he said this recently, and I wrote this down. He said, it's a sweet time when we reach the end of our resources. It is a painful time when we reach the end of our resources, but it is sweet. Why? Because we can look to the God that is bountiful in all of heaven's resources beyond our mind's comprehension that he can provide. He can make a way through all of this chaos, all of this darkness and point towards the king and the kingdom that will never fade away. Recently, my best friend, who, who him and his wife just celebrated their very first child, he sent me this video of, of his little infant child in his arms. And if you're watching, I'm going to show you this clip. This, this little baby is completely dependent upon his mother and father. I'm your mama, and you're my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And that's your daddy. And you have a dog. His name's Duncan. <laughs> you love to make yeah. You love to make your mama laugh. Yeah. <laughs> As he showed me this video of his just just helpless son, his beautiful son, 
I, I was just texting him. I was just like, man, it is crazy that our God lowered himself to the point to be born as dependent as your son right now, as completely dependent as a infant, as a toddler. And as my friend was just recognizing, yeah, it is crazy. He was just saying how this purity, as, as I'm able to see through this video and as we're able to see right here, this purity of an infant son that is so dependent and, and he has nothing to give, he has nothing to offer, but he's completely dependent upon his parents. That purity that we see in infant children, our God never lost that purity, even though he lived the life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve. Jesus for 30 plus years of his earthly life, he never lost the purity of a child. And this is what my friend said. He said, Christ never lost that purity. It's a beautiful thing. And Christ makes us that pure through himself. Heavy heart, no matter what you're going through, no matter what is faded, may we call upon the God that can give us a sense of purity through the fading, through the brokenness, through the terror, a purity to be able to see as he sees, to speak as he speaks, to be able to endure as he has endured, to overcome and to walk through everything that he has overcome and walk through. And not through our own strength or our own understanding or our own ability, but through him and him alone. May we cling to the rock that is stronger, that is higher than I, the rock that is Jesus. This day that you have been given, that I've been given, is a day that we can never get back. But may we give all that we are today to all that God is through Christ and say, Lord, lead me. Help me see as you see. Help me walk through today, being your hands, being your feet, being your mouth, having your mindset, and being led by your spirit. Lord God, we look to you. Lord, we recognize that we are frail Lord, we are as dependent upon you as a toddler, as a baby. But Lord, in our pomp and in our pride, we puff ourselves up to the God of the universe and we go through the motions and, and in the moments of desperation, instead of clinging to you, repenting, saying, God, no, you, you are what I was made to be dependent upon. You are the God, you are the rock, you are the security, you are the sustenance that I long for and crave and need. Instead of clinging to you, we cling to everything else. But Lord, you use the chaoses of our life in order for us to cling no more to the broken, broken, temporary things of this world. Lord, even the most beautiful sunsets and sunrises will fade in the moments of desperation, depression, and darkness and chaos. Lord, may we cling to you. May our security be you. As that pastor said earlier, Lord, may we have a heart of obedience. God, may we be sold out to you and you alone. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, only you have the words of eternal life. Only you can bring us a life and a life eternally and a life abundantly. Lord, lead us as the great light through this immense darkness. We look to you. We long for you as if we long in a dry and weary land for water. Jesus, will you draw near to each and every person that right now is drawing near to these words that are being said? Lord, draw near to them. Give them a peace that surpasses all understanding and give them a hope that goes beyond the present and the future circumstances. May we not live in the past. May we not worry about the future, but may we be present within reality that you have placed us in today. Jesus, thank you for your words in Matthew chapter five. 
where you say not to worry, to be anxious for nothing, but to instead to seek after your kingdom and your righteousness and everything else will take care of itself. Lord, we look to you and we need you today, no matter what has faded around us or within us. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen.
Doesn't know about her second job. 